Welcome to Real Estate Coaching Radio, starring award-winning real estate coaches and number one international best-selling authors, Tim and Julie Harris. This is the number one daily radio show for realtors looking for a no BS, authentic, real-time coaching experience. What's really working in today's market, how to generate more leads, make more money, and have more time for what you love in your life. And now your hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. Hey, we are back. And listeners, Julie and I have a question for you that we'll answer here shortly. And the question is, is 2023 the worst year for housing since the real estate crash? And of course, the real estate crash would have been before many of your times in real estate. <laughs> I know, it's true. So for those of you who don't know, didn't live through it, or aren't quite sure exactly what we're referencing, that's about 2006 to about 2009. Yep. I think the worst of it was between 7 and 08, known as the Great Housing Crash and also the Great Recession. So before we get to our first point, and we're going to give you guys a lot of valuable points and information today, uh, you know, just we're going to start out with the bad news, the good news and the bad news, and then we're going to get into the meat of it. But really what we're focused on is the fact that despite the fact that housing news, at least on the surface, looks pretty dire. The reality of it is, is there's still millions and millions of transactions happening. You just need to essentially change your frequency so you are focused on where the action is happening. Along those lines, how many of you are still waiting on the sidelines yet to uh, join us with Premier Coaching? Premier Coaching is perhaps the nation's number one selling coaching and training program for real estate agents that includes a daily semi-private coaching call. That's right. You will be able to receive a direct coaching call um, with one of our Harris certified coaches every single workday. And you can join Premier Coaching for free right now. You get 30 days of access for free, which includes all of our notes and all of our you know scripts, well, most of our scripts and systems and everything else that's included in Premier Coaching. So the easiest, smartest thing for you to do now, especially because of this rapidly changing housing market, is to join Premier Coaching and get ahead of the curve. And we've made it very easy for you to scroll down, read our notes in today's show description, and click the link to join for free. Or if you prefer, you can just obviously go to, you can text the word uh, Premier to 47372, text the word Premier to 47372, and we'll text you back a link to join. But the easy button is if you're on iTunes, Spotify, you know, any place where like on 40 or 50 different podcasting um, platforms now. Just scroll down, read our notes, and click the link to join Premier Coaching. Do that now. That is the smartest thing you can do to lock in your future success. And again, the show notes that we're using for today, they are below. So just scroll down and you can use our notes and you'll see that Julie and I, guess what? We read a script every day that we write ourselves. All right, Julie, so let's jump in. All right. So all of you know, with fewer transactions happening, skittish buyers and sellers, investors on the sidelines, and a lot of uncertainty in the market it's time to embrace the lead sources who are actually transacting. Well, projected home sales for this year have been revised down to only a, a yearly adjusted 4.1 million. Now, that doesn't include all transactions. Like, that's not going to capture a lot of new construction or maybe some private deals that never flow. But here's the, the punchline. Home sales haven't been this low since 2008. So if you want to know what it was like in 2008 as far as total home sales, well, you're living through it right now. But for completely opposite reasons. Yes. The back, back then, it was because everyone thought the sky was falling. And guess what? There were too many homes for sale. And the interest rates were crazy. Mortgage lending was a big pain in the butt. But now it's the exact opposite that there's a, you know, essentially fewer home sales, not because there's a lack of demand or people able to buy, but because there's a lack of inventory. And I have to say, if I had to have one, over, one problem over the other, I would choose this one. 100%. I mean, the slowdown, it is very interesting, isn't it? The slowdown this time has nothing to do with distress. A lot of right. you guys kind of live in fear of the unknown. You've heard about how bad that was. 
all of the lack of inventory is due to good reasons. You know, it's, it's very strange to me. Well, I mean, Julie just touched on something. Were you listening listeners? Make sure you're very clear in your head. There is not going to be a real estate crash. There's not going to be a real estate correction. There's not going to be a precipitous drop in pricing. And everyone who's been saying that, notice how they've been saying it now for going on three years. You know, Julie and I have sort of a, an, uh, an over and under bet going on. How mm-hmm. long will the bridge trolls who want to wait to, for the sky to fall and the real estate market to crash, how long will they stay on that hobby horse hoping and praying that they're right? And I'm going to guess probably the rest of their lives because they can't admit that they're yeah. wrong. One trick pony, right? Yeah. I mean, I get, you know, I'm licensed. I get the same emails you guys do. I get at least one or two a day with headlines like uh, foreclosures up 168%. Well, that's pretty easy considering there were basically zero during COVID. I know, exactly. <laughs> right? So what was that? An extra... And just be clear, guys, if there was any reason to believe that there were significant uh, headwinds in the real estate markets to come, we, of course, would tell you usually a year or two ahead of the head of the markets, ahead of when people are talking about it. So here's the good news and the bad news. The good news is when the market returns, and it will, there will be massive long-term surge. People are involuntarily on the sidelines right now. Remember what happened after frugality fatigue? What was frugality fatigue? They probably don't know what we're talking <laughs> no, about. No, they don't. So what happened during the... It's a know, great term. I wrote that nice <laughs> thinking how many of them wouldn't know what it was. Yeah. So after, um, during the housing crash, I'll give you guys a really funny example. There was a great agent in LA. Her name is Valerie Fitzgerald, and we mm-hmm. had her on the podcast. And she drives a Bentley, or at least she did, a big, beautiful, you know, Bentley Arnage or something. So she traded down her Bentley and got a Prius, not because she couldn't afford her Bentley, but because essentially in her market, everyone was essentially, uh, you know, pulling in the reins and not being as Mm -hmm. flashy or spendy. So she bought herself a Prius. But she said what eventually happened is she and all of her friends got sick of being frugal. So (laughs) out went the the Prius and came the Bentley again. That's just an extreme example, but I thought it was hilarious. Well, showing that it's kind of unsustainable, right? Right. Okay. Well, that's where we learned the term frugality (laughs) fatigue, but that's going to happen too because of the uh, what we're going to share with you on today's podcast, the essence of it is is the market has returned back to normalcy with regards to the people that are transacting. So the bad news, the bad news is that we have at least another six to twelve months of this slog before there's a meaningful shift in the housing market. So how will you know that's happening? This is what to look out for: lower interest rates, more inventory, more new construction starts. We're already seeing a bit of that. Migration trends and demographics, okay. and I think we'll do a show just dedicated to that pretty soon. Well, those are, that'd be a great idea, actually, early warning signs. But really, here's the thing you got to keep in mind. When there is, there are enormous number of, uh, you know, really, let's just focus on sellers. Sellers that are on on the sidelines. Well, buyers and sellers that are on the sidelines. You have millennials that are, for the most part, they're all, you know, frothing, ready to buy a house. And then you have baby boomers who arguably have been holding on longer than they normally would have, waiting for something to come for sale. And soon as there's new construction available, they might decide to sell or just those types of things. So what we're seeing isn't a lack of interest in people purchasing homes. We're looking at a, a inability to purchase because there's nothing really, there's not enough inventory for people to buy. That will essentially start to shift as the baby boomers procrastinated their downsizing or maybe their move to a warmer climate or whatever. Mm-hmm. They're going to get sick of waiting and then they're just, it's just like Valerie and, you know, getting sick of frugality for fatigue, the rest of the market conceptually is going to act the same way. So people in the new build, new starts, uh, you know, around the country, those are already increasing, but we're going to see new construction become one of the hottest sectors in the U.S. economy. I'm really surprised more people aren't talking about that. Um, Well, we are on our coaching calls with our clients. You guys are embracing it. Oh yeah. Yeah, Yeah, we are. That's true. Well, the reason that new construction doesn't take the headlines, especially in the real estate uh, realms is because 
uh, a lot of real estate people don't, I, their stuff doesn't hit the MLS. That's right. I mean, that's the big reason. So people don't know how to track it. But our agents, especially our coaching clients, they know that new construction is going to be essentially the leading edge it's of huge. what will be. And, and here's what's really exciting. And this is what happened after the housing crash. I conceptually wrap your minds around this. So there was a 2006, Julie and I saw, we were coaching, we saw uh, different markets there, ebb and flow, inventory would rise, inventory would fall, rise, fall, rise, fall, and then finally it rose and it didn't fall. That's when Julie and I, about midway through 2006, started teaching agents how to do short sales because back then, guess what? Nobody had a really a, a meaningful amount of equity. And then when values dropped, they had no equity. Not what's happening now. But then what happened is people took themselves out of the market. We just described that in 2008. Now, listeners, if you weren't in the market back then, if you weren't in real estate back then, what happened started it what happened starting in 2009 was that the market started to return and that was really arguably the start of this long-term bull market we've had in real estate that sort of wound down maybe arguably 24 months ago 18 months ago when interest rates started to rise can you see listeners what's going to happen when interest rates fall again which inevitably will happen that you can see that we're going to go back to that trend. And it's even going to be, I would say, when that actually happens for the next 24, when that happens and the interest rates are down mm -hmm. and they sell relatively flat and people are confident, you're going to see a surge in housing like we've never seen before yes. because of the demographics. Demographics being essentially a study of, you know, a lot of different things. But in, for the sake of this Human explanation. Human behavior, basically. For the sake of this yeah. explanation, the number of, uh, of people that are want to transact that have not been able to transact that number of people is not declining. It's increasing. Yes, every so, day. Every day. So that's really what's going to happen. So yes, you're going to have to basically get through this tough market for the next six to 12 months and then get ready. Yeah, that's right. I, maybe we'll call that waiting fatigue. People are sick that's of happen, waiting though. around, right? I totally agree with you. So you guys have to get ready. But meanwhile, you have money to make. So let's start with a reality check. Yes, homes are actually selling. Take a look in your MLS at your daily hot sheet for encouragement. That shows you what's going pending. That it shows you new listings. If you don't know how to do that, just call your MLS and have them set you up. And it's very important that you, uh, along with line, the first point, I didn't make this a mindset point, but I could have, is you got to be super careful about who you're allowing to essentially, you know, infect your thinking. Mm -hmm. And if you're around a bunch of people that are uh, not seeing opportunity everywhere, even though you think you have the strongest mindset ever and you might, they're going to infect your ability to see through their haze to where the opportunity truly is. So you got to be very careful what you're reading, who you're talking to, your office environment, your people environment. If you're around people that are making you making you not feel I hate the word opt opportunistic, but that's truly what it is. If you're feeling, if you're around people that are making you feel almost depressed and almost like the best days are behind yeah. you and the housing market sucks and all these other types of things that agents love to say, you need to remove yourself from those situations. Otherwise, you're going to make their reality your reality. Point number two. Yes, that's right. So there are buyers who are buying and sellers who are selling. Many of you are having a fantastic year because you're taking action and being a lot more proactive. I just got a uh, chat from one of our coaching clients. It's having great results. If that doesn't describe you, or if you want to boost your momentum even further, well, today's show is for you. The these are the types of clients who are transacting now. Now, you have a note here. Flippers, vacation home buyers, recreational movers, new construction speculators are largely on the sidelines. Okay, so let's really define this. So what we will see when the market comes back, which it will, what we did see when the market was hot was we saw a, a lot of people that were not uh, transacting for traditional reasons. Right. Like when Jules and I sold real estate, you would occasionally see a flipper, but for the most part, it was people that were transacting for the normal reasons that people buy or sell real estate. 
People will buy or sell real estate listeners, and hopefully you're really clear about this, no matter what the interest rates are. If you don't believe me, go back and look at home housing sales stats. Back when they, uh, we interest rates were almost 20%, 18.9% or yep. whatever they were, back in the late 70s, early 80s. Look to see how many homes were still selling. Millions of homes were still selling. Mm -hmm. People will always buy and sell no matter what because humans need a place to live. God bless homeless people. Yes, but the types of people who are transacting do change, right? right? So as you just put in your notes, the flippers are mostly gone. Vacation home buyers, recreational movers, new construction speculators, they're basically gone. You might call that the FOMO, you know, fear of missing out types. A lot of that has dried up. So who still remains? Who are these transactions coming from? Now, generally speaking, and we see, we, Julie and I have seen this through different cycles, the very, very upper end of the vacation home buyers, they're still going to buy. During the housing crash, coastal real estate was still selling. Coastal real estate values, like for example, in Southern California, those prices did not fall. That was a safe place to put your money. And there were other types. So the very, very upper end, a lot of this is not going to apply because just those people don't really pay much attention because if they don't have money in one pocket, they've got it in the other kind of thing. Lots of cash deals. Exactly. So just keep that in mind and apply this information accordingly. For the most part, what you're going to hear are the next six points. These are the people that you want to look for because these are the people that are going to buy or sell no matter what. Point number one, Julie. Okay. Again, who is actually transacting right now? Number one, millennials, first-time buyers with good credit, great jobs, great ratios, and two incomes who aren't worried about the interest rate. They figure they can refinance later if they can handle the payment. They just want to buy a house. Many of these buyers are buying new construction, but they're also competing for the best resale. You know, Tim, there's 15 million millennials that are coming of what the mortgage guys call uh, house buying age. It's 33, right? I, I think it depends on who you listen to, but yes. Uh, oh, you mean the age. Yes, yeah. 15 million of them at uh, between 30 and 33 years old. Yep. Um, you know, family formation years, they need a bigger space. They're done with apartments, that kind of thing. And that's happening in the next uh, 12 to 24 months. So millennials, and when we hear from coaching clients about what they're doing with first-time buyers, it's always this, you know, really strong borrowers, two incomes, and they're ready to rumble. So well, millennials. But, uh, I will say this is not as a, this is kind of a sad fact that I'm about to give you. Mm -hmm. The average age of a millennial buying their first home is substantially older than it was in the previous generation. That is very true. People were able to buy houses, and I'm not making a political statement, so please reserve your, you know, firing away on your keystrokes and comments. <laughs> yeah. But it is interesting. The age of the average home buyer. Now, here's the fascinating thing, too. When Julie and I were selling real estate and we first got started, we sold over 100 homes our first year, half of which were buyers. I bet you the average buyer that we were working with was at least 33 because a lot of, and we saw people that were buying their first homes in their 40s. Why? Because they had essentially uh, stayed long-term renters because they couldn't get the down payment together, couldn't afford the payment because the interest rates, because think about where we're talking about in the in the economic cycles. We're going, we are seeing this uh, type of thing happen again, but the cycle unlike before, is not going to last 10 years or 15 years. Mm -hmm. It's going to last 24 to 36 months. And and if you think about, well, Tim, where are we in this cycle? We are probably more than halfway through it. This is the reason Julie and I are predicting that this overall sort of corrective cycle will last about 60 months and we're about halfway through it now, maybe even more. So get ready because in 24 months or less, maybe even a year and a half or less, we are going to see a surge of new buyer activity and new seller activity Definitely. because all, how do we know that to be sure? Interest rates aside, I can't predict that, neither can Julie. But what we can predict is what we see happening from the new 
build starts. Lots of new builds are getting started all over the country. Those are all going to be coming to market. That is going to fuel the uh, person that owns a home to maybe you know buy that new construction home, and yes. that's going to get that's going to grease the uh, you know the, the skids so the market really starts to move at more velocity. Yes, that's right. And reminding you guys, we're talking about new construction a lot here. Of course, we do have podcasts that you guys can find all about new construction. All right. Point number two about who is actually transacting, downsizing baby boomers. Their homes are paid off, they're not breaking up with a low interest rate, and they're paying cash for their next home, condo, or assisted living. The house is too big, taxes are too much, they want to make a change. Some are moving out of state. We mostly hear about Florida, Tennessee, and Texas. So don't forget to connect with an agent out of state for referrals. Downsizing baby boomers. How many of them are in your past client list, listeners? When was the last time you talked to them? You know what we hear mostly in this crowd? I can't believe what my house is worth. Well, for sure. <laughs> yeah, so it's your job to be talking to them. Okay, point number three, divorce. Now, this is sad but true. A divorce decree equals a home sale. But this is where you can help two people do three transactions, the listing and two buyer sides in many cases. And maybe you sell the listing to your buyer too. That's right. It could be four transactions. And because you'll have the listing, you can lead generate from your listing and the, the you know, cash flow goes on, right, for you guys. You know what? You, we did skip something up What's here. That? You didn't read it with regards to um, the fact that. Oh, yeah. You, yeah, you skipped We're this part scanning. right here. But we'll, we'll do that last. Don't worry. Keep okay. going. We'll, we will revise. All right. Yep. So uh, back to divorce. Now, you can connect with the divorce attorneys and take them to coffee. They can refer you a stream of clients who have to sell. The bad news is the divorce part. The good news is they're definitely motivated have to sell sellers. Well, so you can also interject in that same point under, you know, since we're point three is kind of a do, uh, kind of a sad point. Yeah. We, we also could talk about probate. Probate is something else we same teach idea. you. Yeah. Same mm-hmm. idea is basically, you know, those are homes that are going through, you know, someone passed away and the house is in probate, different states handle it different ways. We teach you guys how to do probate, a probate in our uh, premier coaching program. But here's the thing. Rules for today's show, Julie kind of went over We We should go back and remind yes. these guys. Mm-hmm. So yes, of course. And again, this is focusing on what we're focused primarily on this podcast today is where you can generate leads for free. But yes, of course, you can buy buyer leads, mostly buyer leads. The intent of today's podcast is to provide you with information that equips you to understand the nature of what type of client is actually transacting, how to work them without paying referral fees. Now, you can generate, you can buy leads from relocation. You can buy leads, and that's our point six. You can buy leads from all the different companies that sell you buyer leads, but you don't really have to. And here's the problem. Unless those buyer leads that you're buying are falling into one of these categories, those are want to buy, first of all, I should, we're going to digress here in real estate. There are people that have to transact and people that want to transact, right? So you got to write this down in your notes. This is perhaps one of the most important things that you can learn in real estate. You have people that want to, and people that have to, what you need to focus all your best energies on every day are the people that have to, because the people that want to can change their minds. And the have to's are a lot of the people that we're rattling off today. Buyers always want to, they never have to. A seller that has to relocate and they can't afford two homes, that's a have to. A divorce is a have to. A probate is a have to. Um, I mean, there's lots of examples. Someone that's finishing up on new construction and they are can't afford two homes and they have to sell their old one to put the money towards the new one, that's a have to. Again, there's dozens of great examples of a seller who has to sell the house. Now, some of you can say, and rightfully so, well, they could just rent it. Well, they can't get their equity out if they have to rent it. So, And a lot of people don't want to be landlords. So you have to be clear. In real estate, you can choose between the people that you that want to transact and have to transact. What are the want-tos? Those are all buyers. 
Every single buyer is a want to, and they will and often do change their mind just depending on what day, you know, wh which direction the breeze is blowing. Yep. Now there will be people that have been want to's for a long period of time that become very strong want to's. And those are the ones we're giving you guys as an example today, a downsizing millennial, or, I'm sorry, a downsizing baby boomer who, whose bedrooms are all on the second floor. You know, they want to buy a house where everything's in the first floor. Well, they can probably put that off for a little while. Then eventually, maybe because of, you know, uh, medical needs, they're going to want to have everything on the first floor or just whatever. Something's going to change. So they might be able to procrastinate downsizing, but eventually they're going to want to actually transact. So you do have a choice between have tos and want tos and buyers are always want tos. They can change their mind. That's the reason those of you who buy buyer leads those of you who are frustrated in real estate and have ups and downs in your income is because you are mostly working with buyers who will, again, and they frequently do, change their mind. Interest rates went up. I'm going to take myself out of the market. Holidays are coming up. I'll see you in the spring. Kids are going back to school. Call me in a month. It's August. Yep. I'm going to go on vacation for a month. I'll talk to you in September. Those are buyers, sellers that have to sell or actually sell. So please do understand that people always need a place to live. With that understanding, people always need to move up, move down, move to a new job, move for financial reasons. In this market, we're dealing with a have-to level of clients, not the want-tos. So be like when you're pre-qualifying and you're using our scripts, you're going to see all of our scripts, even on the buyer side, are designed to really whittle down on this, the level of motivation for somebody. For seller, it's very simple. Mr. Seller, when this property sells, where are you going next? You know, and there's other questions too. Mr. Seller, if the property, do property doesn't sell within the next 60 days, as you just said, it needs to sell, uh, what's your plan B? Don't, don't have one? Okay, that's a great seller. So yes. keep is keeping the home an option? I always loved that question because that tells you a couple of things. How serious are they? They might even be thinking about being a for sale by owner. Maybe they've got turning it into a rental as a backup plan. You've got to ask these tough questions because the issue is the ones that are have to will you know, price it in such a way it will sell. They'll stage it so it'll sell. They'll fix any negative feedback. They're much more cooperative than people that say things like, well, if it sells, it sells. If it well, doesn't, you, it doesn't. You were telling me, we talked about this yesterday's show. You were telling me about the coaching client who had a, a really great listings and yet she had the sellers are, had, she doesn't know really what the heart of their motivation is. Right. And, 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 and that's why they're sitting on the market longer. She's not getting price reductions out of them. But we, she, yeah. she doesn't know really what their have to is. Right. Because you guys for a while didn't really have to ask these tough questions because nope. the house would sell before you got the question out of your mouth. Exactly. I say, and, and also, and hopefully you've made this point already and we'll get back to our examples of people that actually are the ones you should be looking for. Get used to this type of market. We're in this new market cycle that will last years. I gave you our prediction on it. We mm -hmm. think it's a you know five to seven year cycle and we're at least two years into it. Stop waiting for rates to fall. Stop waiting for new homes to be built and you must bloom where you're planted. And that's a Julie point that she got from who? Joel Osteen, I think. No, no, Blue, no, no. That was the actress, the actress gal you really Oh, uh, Audrey Hepburn. Audrey Hepburn, yeah. He must have gotten it from her. Yes. Bloom where you're planted. That means take what the market's willing to give you. And that are, is the points that we're going through right now. So we did divorce. The next one is number four, new construction. Why do we keep talking about new construction? Because it's 30% of what is for sale right now. If you don't know about it, you're ignoring 30% of the opportunities. So connect directly with as many builders as you can to find out what opportunities they have for you to take advantage of. Well, I'm going to give you the short list because we have dedicated podcasts all about new construction. By the way, to find our dedicated podcast, it's very simple. Go to iTunes, use their little search widget, and just put in new construction. Go to timandjulieharris.com. Go to podcasts. Click on the little hourglass 
or not the looking glass, right? Magnifying glass. Magnifying glass, thank you. The search thingy. And put a new construction. We have done long form podcasts. Yes. And by the way, if you love this podcast, which I know all of you do because there's tens of thousands of you listen every day, you won't believe what you get with Premier Coaching. Remember to scroll down and click and join Premier Coaching. You can join now for free. It's really the next natural step for all of you. So new construction, Julie. Yes, new construction. So 30% of what's for sale, there's a lot of different ways you can go with this. But the first one is for your buyers who you can't find inventory for them. They can't find inventory searching online. That's great for you to bring them to new construction. They can either buy a spec home. A spec home is one that's already built or they can build something new. Advantage, they won't have to compete and the timing can work out better for them, especially if they have a home to sell. Now, we again, yes. we have tons and tons of points how to work with new build uh, reps. Go and absolutely download and listen to that podcast because the information there is phenomenal. You know, Julie's got great ideas. Really, your, your aim when you're working with new construction is to make the new construction build rep your best friend yep. because they're going to be a steady stream, especially if they're sitting in a great model in a great neighborhood. They're going to be a great steady stream of potential real estate leads for you. So look, bring them the donuts, bring them the tea, bring them the Starbucks gift card, offer to hold their build, new build reps open, their new builder, uh, the builds, the right homes, here. the homes open yep. when they want to take a Saturday off, mm -hmm. be their free assistant, do whatever it takes to make them so that they love you. Because if those people are seeing, think about it, listeners, if there's a new build area in your marketplace that's say, you know, $600,000, the people that are looking to buy those homes probably are not first time buyers. They're right. people with homes to sell who probably have huge amounts of equity. So if that new build rep sees 20 people over a weekend, that's probably realistically 20 amazing potential listing leads for you. Those new build reps, generally speaking, do not are not able to re, uh, list resale. You mm -hmm. have a steady stream of business that you can just be pursuing if you go out and actually work the leads. And that is uh, essentially befriend all of those new build reps. A gold mine in virtually all of your markets. Julie, let's go to new uh, yes. to relocation. Number five, relocation. Does your company have a relocation program? Are you certified in it? Most of the time it takes about a week of training. This is one way to work relocation, but not the only way. Which of your past clients relocated into your town with a corporation, for example? Who can they connect you with in their human resources department? Advantage, relocating executives are highly motivated and qualified and making buying decisions quickly. They tend to be in higher price ranges. Disadvantage to this one is relocation fees can be up to 42%. Well, not only that. So what you'll see is like, say, for example, if you have a, you know, I'll just make a number up. Uh, $10,000 gross commission that comes in the, the, uh, what will happen in most companies and you'll have to check with your, you know, local, your relocation company with your brokerage, assuming they have one is there. And let's say you're in a 90, 10 split, or even let's say you're hundred percent, they're going to put you on, and I'm not making this up listeners. They're going to put you on some sort of split. That's, you know, uh, like a 50, 50. So off the top, and maybe it's not that severe. Maybe it's 70, 30 or whatever. But then, so the brokerage is going to reduce your commission split in many markets, in many brokerages to an adversarial commission split, if you ask me. Then on yep. top of that, they're then going to charge you a relocation fee. So that $10,000 commission could very, uh, you know, could very easily uh, amount to maybe less than $3,000 for you. I have seen, and this is not, this is actually what I'll call normal. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of agents that specialize in uh, relocation leads, but also a lot of agents that buy leads. An average $10,000 commission check is after they pay all the Mickey Mouse fees, they're making like $1,800, maybe $2,500, like I said. So you've got to decide whether that's a business you want to chase. If you're uh, wanting to get cash flow flowing again and you don't have any other viable alternatives, the answer is probably yes. 
But for the rest of you, choose wisely. Yeah, not my favorite point. That's why it's lower on the list, right? Because, But there are advantages. You know, you sold a listing. If it is a listing, you can hold open houses. You can lead generate. But it is a costly source. It's on the list because we see a lot of relocation transacting now, right point now. Point number six should be obvious to all of you who listen to the podcast every yes. day. The first thing we want all of you to master is the art and science of your centers of influence and past client database. And it all comes back down to math. And if you don't have any past clients, that's fine. You do have a centers of influence. If you don't know how to build your centers of influence, we teach you how to do that in Premier Coaching. It's actually shockingly easy because remember, here's the blessing of being in real estate. Every single human that you know needs to live in a house. Then yes. again, aside from homeless people, but everybody else needs to live in a home. They need to live in an apartment. They need to rent. They need to buy. They need to something. So you are constantly surrounded with potential people to do business with. That's right. So let's illustrate this point with some real math. Get your pencils ready. Your own past clients and center of influence, that's your database. When you are proactively communicating with them regularly, at least 10% will transact with you every year. You hear that all the time, but let's really illustrate that. Here's an example. Let's say that you have 200 people in your database that you know have homes you have contact information for, 200 people. Divide that by 40 work days. Why 40? Because that is a 60-day period, a two-month period, making five contacts every work day, and you will actually speak with your entire list every two months. Think what that will do to your repeat and referral business. That covers you for when we say when you're talking to them all the time, you'll get 10%. Now, I will suggest that you don't wait every uh, 60 days to contact your centers of influence and past clients. You use our centers of influence yeah. and past clients scripts, and you start contacting them every single month. Hey, Julie, this is Tim Harris with ABC Realty. So listen, I've been getting a lot of calls and emails from people I know, love, and care about, and they're all asking me the same thing. Tim, what the heck is going on with the real estate market? You know, people are really unnecessarily worried about their home's value. So what I'm going to be doing every single month is calling everyone and giving them a quick snapshot of what's going on with their home's value. And guess what? I've got your quick snapshot ready for you now, and you're going to love what I have to tell you. Oh, that's awesome, right? right? So here's the good news. You bought your house three years ago, mm -hmm. and in that time, guess what? Your home has doubled in value. What? Yes. You won the real estate lottery. You're kidding me. So what you're going to experience right now, if you were to have your home for sale, is there is probably three to five buyers for every home for sale. So at this point, there's no reason to believe your home will not continue to be a fantastic investment. So go you. Yeah. Wow. Go you for telling me. I really appreciate that. I had no idea. Now, would you like me to do a more in-depth study of your home's value in this market? I'd be more than happy to do it. Um, no, we're good for now. Okay, no problem. So listen, as promised, I'm going to call you next month and I'm going to give you an updated report. Oh, by the way, who do you know who's thinking about buying or selling in this market that I should be helping? Or by the way, who are the two or three people that you know who are thinking about buying or selling in this market that I should be helping? Yeah, well, you know, my kids, they just got pre-qualified their first time buyers and I did, you know, I'm so glad you called. Let me give you their information. Now, what will happen, generally speaking, is when you do that the first time, you're not going to get any leads. So when you call through all these people the first time, you won't really get anything. But when you actually follow through, the quote unquote law of reciprocity will start working in your favor and they will start basically looking and listing for leads. You're going to essentially mm -hmm. make a whole bunch of bird dogs in your marketplace People, not all of them, right? So if you end up with 100 people or 200 people, you will find approximately 10% of those people are going to start essentially reciprocating and bringing you leads. There, Everyone is constantly surrounded with real estate leads, even if they're not in the business. You know, people are going to Starbucks and they're meeting with somebody and they're talking with mm -hmm. somebody and this, oh, they just pick up that, you know, so-and-so is going to sell their home. Well, they're not in real estate, so it doesn't register. But now because you're slowly programming, 
programming them to think of you, you're then going to start seeing those people are going to say, oh my gosh, you know what? Julie is a fantastic agent. I need to connect you. Boom, bada, boom. Now you've got a lead. That is what you've got to do. You've got to over-service your centers of influence and past clients all the time, but especially in this market. And I've got good news for you. You do not need to be dropping off calendars, tchotchkes, magnets, <laughs> no. if you're willing to call them. Those of you who are rationalizing, I'm going to drop off all the uh, free stuff uh, because I'm too busy, busy, busy to call them. You are 100% making a mistake. Why? Because other people are dropping off the same things, but nobody's calling them. Nobody, because everyone's rationalizing that they're too busy. It's not busy, busy, busy. It's lazy, lazy, lazy because you it's don't true. know what to say. Guys, these are the some of the most, this is in a market like this, this is how you make yourself legendary when you do the work that other people aren't willing to do. That's right. So let's go to the math. Let's take those same 200 people. And you're right, Tim, if they made 10 contacts instead of five every day, you're going to talk to your entire 200 people every 30 days. So let's take those 200 people times the average sale price in the country is about 400000 That's $80 million worth of shadow inventory right in your database times the 10% who will transact with you because you are talking to them every day. That's $8 million worth of volume using an average commission that's at least $240,000 waiting for you just embracing this point, getting off your butt and talking to your people every single day. In this market, especially in this market, direct communication with people is going to win. Digital is there to enhance. It is not there to replace. Please, please be incredibly clear. The unfair advantage that you want to have in the marketplace, what makes you different in the marketplace? It is your branding. It is your marketing. But those things are there to enhance the direct communication. Marketing and branding by itself when it comes to real estate will never replace the agent that's willing to pick up the phone. Chuck Williamson in uh, Wilson, North Carolina is the best example I think personally, he does zero marketing and branding, buys zero leads, does none of that. His marketing and branding were all sold signs all around Wilson, North Carolina. The guy will do well over a million dollars in commission and does it every single year. And this is a small semi-rural town. And he could do the marketing and branding easily. He could own every billboard for, you know, 50 mile radius of his community. But he knows at the end of the day, that really what makes the difference is what he does every day, which is direct personal communication. That is what's going to make it so that you do have what all of you think you have to spend millions of uh, dollars on and wait years to accomplish. He does have a superior brand because he's there talking with people. Think of it. You've got, you know, you have a, uh, have to hire a roofer today. You know a roofer. You're friends with a roofer. Maybe your neighbor's a roofer. You receive 10 postcards from roofers in the mail today. You drive by a thousand billboards. You're not going to, you're completely ignoring all of those because you already know somebody. You guys get it? That's what the marketing and advertising people don't want you to realize is the marketing and advertising is there to enhance the direct communication, especially in real estate. Now in other markets, rather in other selling other types of products, that might not be true. But in real estate, it's a people business. It's a personal people helping business. So never disengage from that. Guys, thank you for keeping this number one listen to daily podcast for real estate agents in at least the United States. It is truly our pleasure and our honor uh, that you allow us to be part of your lives. And uh, we will certainly honor that commitment. We are obviously working on increasing the intensity of our podcast so that you guys walk away from listening to our shows, educated, motivated, and ready to get into action. Now get into action. Have a fantastic day. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. <laughs>